Hey, strangers, welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions. The word on the street is that the cool kids call it the sesh. <laughs> the sesh? The sesh. I'm not very cool because I didn't know that. <laughs> As usual, I am Kurt, and I am joined by my illustrious and enigmatic <laughs> co-host, Krista. Those are the two most commonly used words when you describing enigmatic. me. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> Crazy. So welcome to another episode. This is episode six, six of I believe. Season two, yeah. Episode six of season two. Who knew we'd make it to a two season? I know. When are we going to break this season? Do we know yet? Or are we just going to go... We probably st- have to get through that list of episodes that people competed yeah. to uh, guess. Well, we got... Yeah. I don't know if we want to take a summer break or do we just want to keep going straight through until Christmas like we did last year. Let's play it by ear. We'll play it by ear. See what our fans want. Yes. Our fan base, which keeps growing actually I know. every we week. We had three new strangers this week. My brother said that he is going to post our podcast to a Reddit group tonight so i'm a little nervous you know i love our podcast but it scares me when i see stuff like on thinking sideways where people are fighting and threads where get things locked. go a little sideways yeah where things go a lot sideways <laughs> yeah and i just really i don't want drama no, i don't want i, I don't just know. really like what we have now i, do too. I mean we have a small enough group that we're close to our our fan base so it's just gonna be weird if it blows up and you know, we need to have like moderators and stuff that I can't even <laughs> come on I can't either. Yeah. You know, our, let's not get ahead of ourselves there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe our audio engineers that work with us on this, you know, they're in the other room. Like Corey said, they're sweating. in the other room sweating, yep. working on our audio. Maybe on their days off, they can. They're living mod- on beef jerky and <laughs> beef jerky and uh, vinegar. apple cider apple vinegar. <laughs> vinegar. I was trying to think. It's a surprisingly delicious combination. It is. Should we give a shout out to our new strangers? Yeah, go right ahead. Okay. Um, I'm looking them up right now. So I think Michael Anthony was the last one. Yes, I believe he was. So since then, we've had Kelly Anders, Sam Sturdivant, Jessica Jacob, and Bria Larson. Yay. Thank you for Welcome. joining our group, you guys. Yep. We're always excited to have new strangers who are actually strangers, and all of these people are strangers yes. to us. And I want to give a big shout out to our awesome stranger, Heather Chambers, that won the contest that we had. Awesome job. It was actually really kind of nerve wracking watching people like working on that and stuff. And uh, technically I blew it because (laughs) she... Why'd you blow it? Well, she had the list. She had all five episode topics right, but she had two of them, the the ones that both start with DY, she had out of place. But then I posted something basically telling her what she had wrong but then i forgot that you could only technically enter once per day so So she just had them in the wrong order she just had them in the wrong order but she had them and i was like super surprised and Corey, i talked to my brother too and he said he was surprised that she got dybbuk box yeah because that's no that's not a really common one so she was the first one to get all five of them correct so i just figured she got the the 25 dollar gift card and she gave us a very nice shout out on yeah Instagram. she did so thank you Heather. and then we discovered that she cross stitches and i'm just yeah. learning how she is so. actually a i think the manager of a cross stitching site called stitchingly oh and they provide tutorials tools and products for cross stitching i'm gonna have to look at that i've I only tried, done one project i've tried it and i just can't i'm just oh. not real good <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what else to say. I just... I did pretty good on my first project, but... I just flat out sucked at it. I just wasn't good. You have to have the patience for it, too. Yeah. I don't have patience. I'm not good with my hands. You're so not dexterous? No. No. 
but, but cool, I, she, yeah. it sounded like I mean she got she got stuff that she needed for cross stitching from Amazon. So I'm super happy oh, awesome. that the gift card came in handy for her. So nice. You did a great job, Heather. So yeah, thank you. And I, I chatted with her on Messenger. She's just like super nice. Yeah. You know we have such nice. We do. We have we really do. nice. We fans. have really nice fans. It's so weird to say that we have fans. Actually. I know. I know. <laughs> I have we have you know we have this other podcast that Kurt's not a part of but it's in the family called Paranormal Palaver and I don't know we were around much longer and I can't even say that we had we had maybe two fans you guys had a couple fans you did a couple but you know this is different I think we have something a little different I got a funny feeling when you guys transition to your new topic that you're gonna get a lot of people stumbling because everybody loves true crime stuff yeah so yeah, I'm gonna give another quick shout out. Um, Jamie, who was on uh, Area 51 episode, the, was that the first season? Yes. Right, he was a guest. Yep. He created the music for the Strange Sessions, and after he heard me say in the last episode that uh, Jeff and Joe and I are trying to put together the True Crime Crew podcast. We're just waiting to put the music together. Jamie sent me a message one day and was like, so what do you need? And I was like, oh, my God, seriously? Because I, I kind of wanted to ask him, but I also didn't want to put him on the spot like yeah, that. Yeah, because he was nice enough to do our music. Totally. So I, I, what he came up with is just amazing. So I'm excited for people to hear it. And um, It's very cool. It's, it's very. It sounds cool. like 50s. It's like a weird mixture of 50s gumshoe yeah. and Twin Peaks. I call of. it Twin Peaks meets Law and Order. It's yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty it's pretty perfect. So, um we're hopefully going to start production on that soon, but we're thinking about doing like a a mass release of like the first season all at once, but we'll see what happens. So, stay tuned. Do we have any The only housekeeping I have is that I want to apologize because when I was editing the last episode, I noticed that I could hear me breathing while you were talking. <laughs> really? And I, I, do I talk fast? Because sometimes when fast. I'm editing, it seems like I talk really fast, especially when I'm reading. Huh. I I'm, haven't so, I'm kind of surprised that nobody has called you out on called it? me out on that yet. So I'm going to mm-hmm. try slowing down, but I could totally hear me breathing into the microphone <laughs> while Krista was talking. Was it like this? <sighs> yeah. It was like a obscene Creepy. phone call. <laughs> So I got to get better at that. Hmm, interesting. That's the only real I've never noticed it. So that's the only real housekeeping I can I, think I've of. Never people noti- seem to really like our mini mysteries mini episode. Mysteries? Well, the I think old, it's I've, stuff that people know about. Yeah. Well, at least the flight at the air flight. I, the air I, flight. I, air flight. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I re- the airplane I, one. I really want to do it again, but I'm conflicted on if we should announce the topics beforehand. What I kind Did of we want, this time? No, no we didn't. what I kind of wanted to do was to put like two pictures side by side that were yeah. hints at what the topic was. Like one would be like oh. the silhouette of an arcade cabinet, and people could and guess. yours could have been a plane. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll do that for the next one. We'll give a hint of what the topic is. But now, if somebody's like interested in the video game Polybius, it's not going to show up if they do a search because we don't mention it in the. Oh right. You know, so I will we'll work on that. But I really want to do that again because I have a couple more topics that i don't think would carry a whole episode and um also we're working on merch yeah we want to get some t-shirts and mugs and things like that um if people want to purchase them that's awesome but we'll be giving them away as prizes yeah yeah, as prizes for contests too so stay tuned for that as well i think that's the only housekeeping we have yeah i don't have anything else no a couple news stories that i copied and pasted into my notes okay uh, there's been a lot of UFO stuff lately. A really? lot of pilots seeing oh, I UFOs think I did and see stuff. Some headlines. Yeah. yeah. So this article was in a paper just a couple days ago, actually. So the article says 
A former B-1 bomber pilot who now works as a commercial aviator for American Airlines has spoken out about his recent UFO encounter over the Arizona desert. Okay. Blennis Green. His name is Blennis. Blennis. I, I double-checked that a couple times. Blennis <laughs> Green and his co-pilot were flying an American Airlines Airbus over Arizona in February when they were told by Albuquerque-based air traffic controllers that a flight ahead of them had reported seeing a flying object not on radar. The controllers asked him to radio them if he saw anything similar. Whenever I hear Albuquerque-based air traffic controllers, I think of Breaking Bad. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shortly afterwards, Green saw an object, according to recordings of his conversations with the controllers. And this was what he said. He said, it's American 1095. Yeah, something just passed over us. I don't know what it was, but it was at least two or 3,000 feet above us. It passed right over the top of us. Green said that the object was very bright, but wasn't so bright that you can't look at it, and that it didn't look anything like an airplane. He noticed that the object was bright in areas where the sun was not reflecting off the metal. Normally, if you have an object and the sun is shining this way, the reflection would be on this side, but this was bright all the way around. It was so bright, you couldn't even make out what shape it was, he said. How big? Does he say how big it is? No. Hmm. With 20 years of flying experience, much of which was spent as a B-1 pilot in the U.S. Air Force, Green said he wasn't scared, but was extremely interested. He said, I was just really fascinated by it, trying to figure out what it was because it was so out of the ordinary. Do you feel like in today's day and age where you can just go buy a drone no, at I, Walmart? No, I, I, that's, that's the thing, you know. Can they fly that high, though? It had to be bigger than a drone, but a drone would show up on radar. Would it? I would assume so. Oh, maybe it would. But then there was also another story that showed up in a paper, and this is that article. Okay. It says, video of yet another claimed UFO sighting over North Carolina has hit YouTube. The video, shot at night, features a hovering V-shaped object illuminated by six lights. That's so common. I know. People have suggested some of the sightings are actually experimental military crafts, such as the TR-3 Black Manta or TR-3B an anti-gravity spacecraft that hovers. Such theories seem plausible given the presence of Fort Bragg and Pope Air Force Base in eastern North Carolina. That's such a common shape, though, is that V-shape? It is. And then this next part, I, I totally don't understand. So this is the next part in the article. It says, however, military.com says the craft, quote, doesn't exist officially. It uses highly pressured mercury accelerated by nuclear energy to produce a plasma that creates a field of anti-gravity around the ship. Conventional thrusters located at the tips of the craft allow it to perform all manner of rapid high-speed maneuvers along all three axes. Interestingly, the plasma generated also reduces radar signature, so it'll be almost invisible on radar and remain undetected. This literally means that it can go to any country it likes without being detected by air traffic control or air defense systems. So I don't understand well, okay. why they first say it doesn't officially exist, and then they go into how <laughs> detail of how yeah it they works. go into details of how it works. What is that makes military no com? I don't know. I don't is know. that like some website ran by people who I are no, military I enthusiasts? I don't or... know. No, I just thought it was interesting that you know the second story mentions that. It has this craft that won't be detected by air traffic control. And in the first story, they talk about how this craft that they saw didn't show up on the radar. Yeah, that's true. So it is interesting, but there's just so much UFO stuff lately. Hmm. So yeah, those were two recent news stories that were interesting. Cool. Um, and it's time for our question. Oh, yeah, that's right. Our submitted How question. do I forget about this every time? I, I love it. I checked and we had like 12 questions. So you guys are obviously submitting stuff. <laughs> right. 
So does anybody else, can anybody else access that? Or is it just people who know about it from our... Probably people that get that link from our site. Okay. Okay, you ready for today's question? I'm ready. We could do two, depending on how... Okay. Today's question is, <laughs> who does your hair? <laughs> We know that okay, was from Rhonda. Rhonda. We know that's from Rhonda. Okay. So Kurt. who does your hair? Oh, I was gonna say, I think she's talking to you, Kurt. Um, I get my hair done at a place called. Get your hair did. I get it did at a place called Carino Capelli in Sheboygan. Ashley is my stylist, and I've been going to her for like ten years. Big fan. Awesome. I'm very um, protective of my hair, so I'm pretty choosy about who I go to. Kurt, who does your hair? I think I know who does your hair. You do. Wasn't she at our yes, that one uh, investigation? My, my, my hair is done. <laughs> it's just cut because you can't really <laughs> you do anything. Just got a you just got Yeah, you can't yeah. really do anything well, with my hair. I don't do my hair either. She just cuts it. But uh, my the girl that cuts my hair is Melissa Wanick, and she runs Diva and Company Salon in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. And we know her because we did a ghost investigation at the salon she worked at. Yeah. That was where really creepy place. Yeah, that was where they had the vault in the basement that Krista says yeah. is her is probably her scariest. Besides the breathing in my ear, definitely. besides the breathing in your ear, yep. but and got that, a lot of EVPs from there too. That's the vault where I saw where I was in there and I saw somebody walk in front of the vault, turn around and walk past it again when there mm-hmm. was nobody downstairs. Yeah, we were all upstairs. Yeah, so that does she stuff. listen? I think she listened to the first couple episodes. Okay. I don't know if she still does. All right. Hopefully she does. If you do. What's up, Melissa? Hey, Missy. <laughs> <laughs> Missy, it's Missy. She goes by Missy. She goes by Missy. Okay. So yeah, Missy Wanick from Diva and Company. Sweet. So that's who does our hair. All right. Now you know. Because we know you're all dying to know. Next question is, next question is, do you think Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer? Why or why Ooh. not? Interesting. No, I don't. You don't? No. Really? He's not, no, he's not the Zodiac Killer. Okay, so why? Because there's a, a million people that look like the person looked yeah, in the Zodiac that's true. profile. Now I know? feel like I need to Google it and get a picture. Yeah, uh, when so I was Ted in, Cruz was a lot of people wasn't made, he picked up in the neighborhood though? Like a lot of people made jokes about him possibly oops. being the Zodiac. Well, he is a. Hold on. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. No, he's not the Zodiac Killer. No. I don't even know if the timeline fits. So what? I have not heard this. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people that, that joke about him being the possible Zodiac killer. <laughs> I see. Okay. I Googled it and they have like side-by-side comparisons. I mean, it's it's similar, <laughs> it's but there's so many weird. people. I uh, when I was in, when I was in totally high school, different. my friend Jim and I were fascinated by the Zodiac thing. And we had the book, the paperback book, you know, Zodiac. And we were in physics class and Jim drew a beard on the picture there and it looked just like our physics teacher you know so there's so many people that look like the 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 hand-drawn photo of the zodiac i mean sure that could be anybody i was thinking of this other serial killer from like i don't know who i was thinking of he's like a hispanic guy so the name cruz threw me for a second when you guys get your podcast up and going definitely talk about zodiac because i'm fascinated by zodiac yeah very cool but no, I don't feel he was. I think it's fun to say that he was, but I don't sure. feel like he was. I feel like that sort of thing always happens. Someone's kind of like a political figure is in the media 
or something like that and people will find some kind of photo that resembles you know some unsolved thing and it's not the first time we've heard something like this it's just kind of silly so i don't think probably started by people who are you know not fans yeah i don't think he was but it would be awesome if he was (laughs) it would be awesome if he was i honestly don't think the zodiac is still alive Hmm. i suppose that's true he would just be, the time yeah the time frame and i think he'd be depending on how you know. old they were when they were committing the crimes i wish they would figure out who he was hmm. but they just had that one show on not that long ago where they had that group of code breakers working on his unsolved code and stuff mm. so that was an interesting, interesting show i just watched a thing yesterday on like lost footage from uh jfk the day yeah the day that yeah. did you see that yep. that was so interesting yeah okay this is the guy who I pictured when you said Ted Cruz. No, that's uh I can't think Richard of Richard Ramirez. Though. Ah, there we go. Ramirez. Yeah. See, sorry. I'm like generalizing, but No, Richard Ramirez and Tom and Tom Cruise. Now you got me all screwed <laughs> up. Richard Ramirez and Ted Cruz are yeah, not the Tom same. Tom Cruise. You know, I don't know. Tom Cru- Tom Cruise might have been the Zodiac for all we know. Right. Don't, don't say that. We'll get the Scientologists oh, after that's us. That's right. We don't want them after us. But thank you guys for the questions. Yeah. I might Very actually, cool. I'm actually going to research the Ted Cruz one a little bit more and I'm going to get back on that on the next one. You're really like looking into that? Yeah. I think that's kind of funny. Well, okay. there's people, there's people that legitimately think that he could have been the Zodiac. Huh. So I will look into that and get just back. Just because he looks like him? I just don't know if the timeline works, but that's what I want to, hmm. that's what I want to look into. So I'm I will really, put on my detective hat and I will get back to you on the next episode. D.B. Cooper? Uh, one of Jamie's friends that asked really that we do fascinates D.B. Me. Cooper. Yes. So we're going to definitely do something about that. Cool. So what are we talking about today? We got the taste test right oh, now. We have our taste test first? Yep. Okay. You're anxious to get to this story. I am. Uh, I'm now kind I'm of trying to drag pictures. it out a little bit because uh, <laughs> I just want to say that I don't think that it's going to be as long as I originally thought because... We wanted to do the Dybbuk box and other haunted objects, but looking into this, there are so many cool haunted, supposedly haunted objects that we're going to probably do a whole nother episode where we'll pick like the top 20 haunted objects. You know, there's paintings, there's dolls, obviously dolls, you know, there's all sorts of stuff. So instead of cramming everything in this one episode, we're going to split it up into two. So you can consider this kind of part one. So it's funny on the way here, we were also talking about, I wanted to mention, I had read a review of the movie A Quiet Place. And you immediately said, oh, I heard it wasn't that good. Yeah, I heard it wasn't good. And I read like three or four different reviews from like USA Today, Entertainment Tonight, a couple of other bigger named, and it got really, really good reviews. I I really want to see that movie. So that's like John. If you see it, let me know how it is. I keep thinking. I got to look him up. John Krasinski, right? Yeah. John Krasinski directed it. And stars in it with his real life wife, Emily Blunt, and they play. Ted Kaczynski? <laughs> yeah, right? Um, but it looks really, really creepy. So it's like an alien invasion thing where they track you based on sound. Yeah. So if you see it, let me know how it is. Yeah. Let I us will. know how it is. I'm not really a movie theater person anymore, so it'll no, probably wait until it comes out on been. DVD. I couldn't even tell you the last movie I saw in a theater, actually. I went to one for through work. We went as a team to see. Um, can't remember the name anyway if you're in sheboygan though that movie theater is sweet those it has those reclining Ooh. those awesome individual yeah. like little recliners that everybody sits in it's pretty cool i remember we used to have one in manitowoc that was not good 
uh, my friend Mary and I went to see Shutter Island when that was there, and we didn't know if we were supposed movie. to have 3D glasses because it was so blurry and oh. the sound was awful. But we have a new theater, but I just haven't been to it. Oh, the movie we saw was Only the Brave, and it's a true story about those firefighters oh, who perished yeah, in the California yeah, wildfires. Yeah. It was excellent. I need to watch more movies. I've, all I've been doing is Felicity. I have been, <laughs> I've been watching Felicity. I have it's been listening to a podcast called Dear Sally. That's a review of each episode of Felicity. Oh, Lord, you're in deep. And somebody posted on my Facebook that they're going to, at one of the cons in Texas in June, they're going to have the Felicity cast reunion. Oh, yeah, I saw that on and Facebook. And I really want to go to that. Where is that going to be? Austin. Oh. But the thing is, Noel, who's like my favorite guy on the show so far, hasn't signed up to be there. Ah. And I'm man enough and secure enough to admit that <laughs> Noel is my man crush. Oh, he's pretty cute. The, the actor that plays him, uh, Scott Foley. He was in a show where he was like in yeah, the military. He shows up like in, whenever I watch a show, he's, he's always shows up on it. So I, I tweeted once that I'm like, you know, Scott Foley kind of feels like my close friend that I see every couple of years. And it's like, <laughs> hey, it's nice to see you. And then he liked that tweet. Shut up, so, really? Yeah, I love so it when that I happens. I was kind of, you know, Twitter pated. So you did it on Twitter? No. Oh, <laughs> Twitter page. It was from. I know, but did you post that on Twitter or on? Yeah, Facebook? it was on oh, Twitter. So then you were Twitter. I was Twitter pated, and that is from Bambi. That is from Bambi. Sweet. So yeah, that's I. I kind of want to go to the the convention, but we'll see. I, I it's on my bucket list to meet Carrie Russell. Mm. I really like Carrie Russell. You're a fan but of the, the American. The weird thing is, I don't have a crush on her. Yeah, I that is weird because you have a crush yeah, on everyone. <laughs> I know. And I've never had a crush on Carrie Russell, but I really like her. Hmm. You know, I'd like to give her a hug. That would be something that's on my bucket list. Huh. So, yeah. All right. Let's try to fulfill that for Kurt. Okay. See what we can do. Okay. <laughs> Maybe she listens. You Maybe know. she does. All right. Time for the taste test. I'm ready. You ready? Maybe. No. I. Uh, this one is weird. <laughs> of course it is. But not. I don't think it's scary weird. Okay. It is a snack bar. Oh. It is... Not one of those condensed meat ones. Mediterra. Ooh, okay. It is a savory bar with black olives and walnuts. Okay. So the description says, and I quote, Did you know Mediterraneans have incorporated black olives and walnuts into their deliciously balanced meals for generations? Today, they've inspired our newest Epicurean adventure, a nutrition bar you can savor. We've upped the artisanal ante with a drizzle of extra virgin olive oil, green peppers, pea crisps, and chives. Just a little taste of the Mediterranean diet's infinite wisdom made okay. to enjoy on the go. This is right up my alley. If you follow me on Instagram, I post food quite a bit, and I eat a ton of Mediterranean food. That's basically really? how I eat. Yes. Really? So you've never had this? No. I think one of my most recent posts, it said, I love Greek food. I wow. think I was a Greek in a former life. So yeah, this is... Everything a, that's in there is stuff that I yeah, eat on a regular a snack, basis. This is a snack bar made with black olives and walnuts. All right. So... It's going to be really good for our heart and skin. Yeah, we're going to see. It, I just... You expect a snack bar to be sweet. Yeah. So that's I have why, to prepare that's myself. That's why it's throwing me off a little bit. Yeah, we have to be prepared for the fact that it's not going to be sweet. I got one, so we're going to crack it in half. Oh, is it hard or chewy? No, it's hard. That's weird. No, it's chewy. Oh, it's chewy. <laughs> That's great. I'm going to sniff it first. So, oh, you got to take I a I see quinoa. You got to take it's a picture. It's got quinoa in it, too. Oh, it now it's really good, torn though. open. That's okay. I'll put, it, I'll put it next to the wrapper so you can see what it looks like, too. Ooh, good thinking. Right? I ain't just a pretty face. No, you're more than just... <laughs> that head of yours is more than just a hat rack. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Ready. Okay. Let's do Should this. sniff it? 
It smells like... It doesn't smell no, savory. It smells, it smells like, sweet. It smells like, like guinea pig food. Oh, interesting. I've never smelled guinea pig food. <laughs> okay, let's go. Mmm. It's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. It's blander than I expected. I think it's really good, though. It's good. I love walnuts and olives and quinoa. It's actually pretty good. I feel like it's it. bland. I expected more like olive tasting. Well, olives are really, you know, vinegary and. It's actually really good. I love it. I would totally buy those. I don't know if I'd say I love it, but mm, I like I it. I do. All I, natural, non-GMO, gluten-free. Five grams of protein and five grams of fiber. That's pretty awesome. It's actually pretty good. It's delicious. How annoying is it listening to us eat right <laughs> yeah, now? Yeah, sorry guys. It's got to be pretty annoying. We can't really edit that out because we're giving our critique while we're chewing. <laughs> okay, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Wow. I like that it's not overly sweet. No, I just think it's a little bland. I wish there was a little more of some taste. Mm. It's it not is, bad. It's very nutty. It is very nutty. I like it a lot. But I expected more olives. This is a win. Peppers I give it like a nine for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a nine. It was really good. That's delicious. It is It is good. I wouldn't say it's delicious. It's delicious. <laughs> she doesn't know what she's talking about, folks. She loves Mediterranean food, though. <laughs> I wish it gave like an ingredient list. There is oh. one, but you got to fold that thing down. I see. It's I'm kind sure of... quinoa is on there because you can tell. You can taste. Yeah. Well, and you can see it. I mean, yeah. It's got all good stuff in it. Wow. Okay. I like that. That is a nine. Totally. That's delicious. Now I can Check kinda, it out. I can kind of go it. for another one now. Uh, me too. A half isn't quite enough. No. All right. Next that was a win. Next time I get to that store, I'll buy us some for snacks. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Definitely a nine. Yep. We recommend it. The peanut butter and jelly soda is still the best thing I've tried this that season. That was really good. I actually prefer this though because I'm not a soda drinker. Really? So, yep. Okay. Wow. All right. Sweet. Good job, Kurt. Thanks. Thanks for not grossing me out this week. <laughs> no, we had some pretty decent ones. Yeah, we've been good. So next... and we After made... the salmon bar, I was a little nervous. Yeah, the salmon bar was kind of the clunker of the season. <laughs> yeah. My friend Sophie said she was disappointed because she wanted it to be good. Uh. But I'm, in a future one, I might get another meat product from that company because I've had good stuff from them. Yeah, I just have not, The not, Epic brand? Yeah, just not the, the salmon bar. That was gross. We're doing a good job killing time. We're a half hour in already. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so now for the main story. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, to, as you saw in the contest, as you guys saw with the, the picture, uh, tonight's topic is the Dybbuk box and haunted objects. Yeah, I guess it won't be um, a surprise, at least for the next five episodes. No, no. <laughs> well, it's usually not, though. You usually post what we're going to talk yeah. about, don't you? I don't know if I'm going to do the guessing the topics again okay because i do like having it kind of a surprise mm -hmm. so we'll come up with some other kind of contest but i had fun with that so in 2001 a man named kevin manis went to a garage sale in portland oregon another portland oregon because that's mm -hmm. where polybius the video game oh right was. yeah a lot of weird stuff happens in portland i guess yeah in 2001 a man named kevin manis went to a garage sale in portland oregon where the family of a woman named Havela, I think that's her name, Havela. Her first name? Yeah. Okay. H-A-V-E-L-A. Havela. Havela. That's kind of cool. 
where the family of a woman named Havela, who had recently passed away at the age of 103, were selling her things. He came across an old antique wine cabinet. According to the family, Havela had been born and raised in Poland, got married and started a family, but was sent to a Nazi concentration camp during World War II. According to some reports, her husband and one or two of her children were killed. Along with some other prisoners, she managed to escape and lived in Spain until the end of the war. Havela acquired the wine cabinet in Spain, and it was one of only three items the woman brought with her when she emigrated to the United States. Wow. Yeah. Havela's granddaughter was working at the garage sale, and she told Manis that growing up, her grandmother always kept the wine cabinet in her sewing room, always shut, and always set in a place that was well out of reach. She was never allowed to touch the box, and definitely not to ever open the box. The granddaughter stated that her grandmother claimed that the box contained an evil spirit called a Dybbuk. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, Hence I didn't the know box. that. Oh, interesting. You didn't know I that? thought that... Not, oh, I thought you were being sarcastic. It, no, truly. I, I didn't realize that it, the origin story yeah, was that yeah. it was a Dybbuk. Okay. The term Dybbuk comes from a Hebrew word meaning cling. In the Hebrew tradition, a Dybbuk is a malicious spirit that is bound on the earth to an object or person to complete unfinished business. I think the word Dybbuk is creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm. I hope I'm pronouncing it right because I've so. heard it. I've heard it pronounced a couple different ways. Oh, I've always heard Dybbuk. So yeah, basically Dybbuk is a spirit that is bound here, and it has to complete a specific duty. Okay. Havela asked for the box to be buried with her, but due to Orthodox Jewish tradition, her wish was not granted. The family hated the box and wanted it gone. Well, if they had buried it with her, it'd be gone. Yeah. And of course, Manus bought the box, brought it home, and what do you think the first thing is he did? Opened it. He opened the box. Of course he did. Yep. Manus thought the story was merely superstition, and he opened the box immediately after getting it back to his furniture refinishing shop. According to Manus, the box contained a mixture of weird items, including a wine goblet, a small granite slab with the Hebrew word shalom etched into it, a dried rosebud, a candlestick, two pennies from the 1920s, an engraving in the back of the cabinet written in Hebrew, and two locks of human hair bound by cords. <laughs> oh my God, it just sounds like sinister. Yeah. Somebody's doing rituals with that thing for yep. sure. Yep. That afternoon, he put the box in the basement of his shop and left the shop to an employee while he went on an errand. He soon got a frantic call from his employee that even though she hadn't seen anyone come in, someone seemed to be in the shop breaking things and cursing in a guttural voice. Anytime you hear a guttural voice, that's not a good thing. Yeah. So this picture that you posted, is this like the actual photo? I believe so. Okay. I believe that those were the items that were in the box in the photo. So that's the real Dybbuk yes, box. I believe so. Okay. I've seen it posted a I couple mean, different places. I it's pretty creepy looking. So. so that stuff was all inside the box. Okay. Yeah, his employee called and said that someone seemed to be breaking things in the shop and cursing in a guttural voice. The employee tried to leave to get help, but found that all the doors of the shop were seemingly shut tight and wouldn't open. Manis returned to the shop to find the lights in the basement completely broken, objects strewn all over the floor, the room filled with the smell of both jasmine and cat urine. Yeah. Okay, that's wasn't. an interesting combination. Yeah. The employee left and never came back. Manis stated, quote, when I got back to the shop, I went to investigate. I remember heading towards the back and walking into what I can only describe as a wall of scent. It smelled like jasmine flowers. You could take one more step and not smell a thing and then take a step backwards and be surrounded by it again. 
That's weird. At the time, Manis didn't associate what happened in the shop with the box. I don't know how, because, yeah. you know, you just brought the box there, open it, and then the <laughs> stuff happened. And then instead of refinishing the box and selling it like he planned to, he thought the box was something his mother would really like, so he gave it to her as a gift. <laughs> Minutes after giving her the box at the shop, his mother had a stroke. Oh, Lord. While recovering from the stroke, she managed to write a note for Manus with two words on it, and those two words were, hate gift. She later claimed that she felt an evil force emanating from the box the moment she saw it. Wow. Yep. He then gave the box to his sister, who shortly afterwards gave it back to him, telling him that the box had a feeling of dread surrounding it, and that she would often leave the room with the box closed, only to return and find the box open, and that since being given the box, she had been plagued by nightmares involving an old hag. Why does he keep <laughs> giving it to his relatives? <laughs> The he old hag, huh? So I wonder if she was having sleep paralysis or... He then tried giving the box to his sister and brother-in-law and then his girlfriend, but in every instance, the box was returned with claims of paranormal events, nightmares, and a feeling of evil surrounding the box. He sold the box to a middle-aged couple next, and three days later, he found the box sitting in front of his shop with a note that said, this has a bad darkness. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> so... That'll be one of the items we're giving out for a gift for our next contest. <laughs> yeah, <it's a> big <laughs> box. Man has finally decided to just keep the box. He brought it home and put it in his basement. Would you just donate which it? Is the, I'd the take it to thing, Goodwill. The or third something. thing in the list of stupid things this guy's <laughs> <Right>. done. <laughs> That night, he brought it home. Manus experienced what he called some of the worst nightmares he had ever experienced. Wow. Manus said, and this is a quote from him. Since the day I brought it home, I began having a strange recurring nightmare. Every time I have the horrible dream, it goes something like this. I find myself walking with a close friend, usually someone I know well and trust, and at some point in the dream, I find myself looking into their eyes, and it is then I realize that there is something different, something evil and dark looking back at me. At that point in my dream, the person I am with changes into what can only be described as the most gruesome, demonic-looking hag that I have ever seen. This hag proceeds then to beat the living tar out of me. I have awakened numerous times to find bruises and marks on myself where I had been hit by the old woman during the previous night. Wow. So, yeah. The nightmares would continue night after night, and when people stayed at his house, they would find themselves having the same nightmare. As the nightmares escalated, Manus claimed that upon awakening, he would sometimes find scratches, bite marks, and bruises on his body. Then, both Manus and guests at his house reported starting seeing indistinct, shadowy figures moving around in the periphery of their vision. <laughs> Isn't it time to get rid of that box? I feel <laughs> I like, so. I don't know, I'd just like throw it away. Yeah, so starting to see like things moving around at night, you know, out of the corner of your eye. Well, the shared nightmares are pretty creepy. Yeah, but like you said, the, the, the Hague stuff is interesting because that is something to do with sleep paralysis i've never seen a hag when i've no. had sleep paralysis but and i know some of our listeners i personally know that some of our listeners have sleep paralysis mm -hmm. and I, we haven't done an episode on sleep paralysis mm -hmm. but paranormal palaver did mm -hmm. i've always Our been fascinated episode. i've always been fascinated by the fact that a lot of times it it becomes this hag this old hag sitting on your chest mm -hmm. or standing at the foot of your bed i've just always been really fascinated by how People, so many people see the same, the same thing, the same yeah. thing, you know, is it some kind of weird archetype or is it actually some kind of demonic thing? 
Sleep paralysis is creepy. I don't ever want it. It's horrifying. I Yeah. <laughs> Even though I don't believe it's paranormal, at least not my experiences, it's still horrifying. Yeah. I just don't ever want to deal with that. So they started seeing all this stuff, shadowy figures moving around. Finally, Manus had enough. Oh, finally. Yeah, in which case I would have had. It wasn't like immediately. After the because, stroke with my mom, I'd be like, I'm done yeah. with you. Because, I mean, he bought this thing in 2001, and this next thing is in 2003. So he had this box for two years. So, I mean, it wasn't all at once, but right. it was all over time. So then finally having had enough, in 2003, Manus put up a listing for the Dybbuk box on eBay. In the description for the item, Manus wrote, quote, I would destroy this thing in a second, except I really don't have any understanding of what I may or may not be dealing with. I am afraid, and I do mean afraid, that if I destroy this cabinet, whatever it is that seems to have come with the cabinet may just stay here with me. Right. I have been it's told, no longer attached yeah, to the cabinet yeah, at that yep. point. I have been told that there are people who shop on eBay that understand these kind of things and specifically look for these kinds of items. If you are one of these people, please, please help me. Buy this cabinet and do whatever you do with a thing like this. Help me. Shortly after putting the box on eBay, the box was purchased for $140 by Missouri student, and I think this is his name, Iosef Nitsky. Sure. Iosef, Missouri student. So he, he bought the box for $140 on eBay. Okay. Almost immediately after receiving the box, Nitsky and his roommates began to experience strange activity in their house. Electronic devices began to malfunction or stop working completely, and lights began to turn themselves on and off. Objects would disappear or move from room to room on their own, and both Nitsky and visitors to his house would notice strange smells that seemed to come and go. Nitsky claimed that his hair began to fall out in patches, and a strange infestation of insects appeared in the house. Oh, Nitsky and his roommates began to suffer from serious insomnia. Then, much like what happened at Manus's house, strange, hazy figures could be seen moving around the house at night or peering around corners. It's so creepy. Yep. So eight months after he bought the box, Nitsky put the box up on eBay. So he bought it knowing yeah. what he was getting yeah. into. So he, he put the box on eBay after buying it off eBay. Okay. Then, shortly after it was listed, the box was purchased in 2004 by Jason Haxton for $280. The price keeps going I up. Know. He had been following the story of the box and jumped at the chance to own it. Okay. <laughs> you know, whatever. Crazy pants. You know, Immediately after receiving the box, Haxton began to experience health problems, including rashes, hives, constant fatigue, and coughing up blood. Oh, well. He claimed no that... No biggie. <laughs> yeah. My God. You're the one that wanted to jump at the chance to buy this thing, buddy. <laughs> right. He claimed that strange scents seemed to come and go in his house, including the strong smells of jasmine or cat urine. He soon decided to leave the box in a storage unit. One night, the smoke alarm in the storage unit went off. When he went to see what was going on, he didn't find any smoke. He was curious, so he bought the box home and began researching it. One evening, he fell asleep using the computer, and when he woke up, he saw a shadow on the wall quickly moving away from him. He then brought the box to Rebecca Ettery, a specialist on Jewish artifacts, and Ettery determined the box to be a sacred relic for imprisoning a spirit. It's like there's a crazy old cat lady attached to it. Yeah, or something. <laughs> the smell of cat urine and this and jasmine, old hay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Haxton then contacted the original seller, Manis, in an attempt to figure out the history of the box. Right, because it was his grandmother's, right? No, he bought no, it he at bought a it, garage he sale. He bought it after talking to 
The granddaughter. The granddaughter of, okay. of the lady. Okay. Okay. He contacted Manus in an attempt to figure out the history of the box. Manus and Haxton contacted Havila's granddaughter again that he had spoken to at the garage sale, and the granddaughter gave him the name of Havila's cousin, Sophie, who might be able to shed more light on the box. Sophie. Sophie. I love the name, Sophie. (laughs) The men contacted Sophie, and she told them a long story. According to Sophie, her and Havila thought it would be fun to make a Ouija board and to try to speak to the dead. Oh, first problem right there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Nothing good ever comes from a Ouija board. People. Especially a homemade one. Yeah, don't, don't do it. To speak to the dead. Sophie said that the two girls managed to summon and manifest a spirit that they were finally able to trap inside the box. According to Sophie, the night that the girls summoned the spirit was November 9th, 1938, which was also known as Kristallnacht, or the Night of Broken Glass, where Nazis in Germany torched synagogues, vandalized Jewish homes, schools, and businesses, and killed hundreds of Jews. Sophie then began apologizing and crying, and when Manus asked her why she was so upset, she said because she felt that the spirit they had summoned had influenced the start of World War II. Oh my God. Yeah, so... I don't know about that, but... Yeah, but the fact... You know, because Kristallnacht, the, the Night of Broken Glass or Night of Crystal, was a, a big precursor to what was to come. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was just weird that the, the night that they summoned this creature was that night. Yeah. So I think because of that, she tied that with Maybe possibility that... starting World War II with the demon or whatever, the demon or spirit starting World War II. I would say World it's more likely that that activity drew that spirit. Yeah, Totally. Totally. Haxton took the box to several rabbis in an attempt to either cleanse the box or seal the spirit back inside the box, but nothing seemed to work. Haxton then hid the box in an undisclosed location where he said the spirit wouldn't bother anyone again. Haxton said, quote, Being the caretaker of the Dybbuk box for almost seven years, I've experienced a range of thoughts and feelings about it and its effects. Each caretaker who has passed the Dybbuk box on reports both relief and and yet a sense of loss. All regret losing control of it. I decided not to act in haste and get rid of it like my predecessors. Instead, I've worked with scientists, Kabbalists, Wiccans, and those in the paranormal to diffuse the energy and put the artifact in a rest state. For the past several years, I've sealed it within an acacia wood arc lined in 24 karat gold. It has seemed to calm its effects." Interesting. He went on to say, I personally believe that the box is somewhat neutral, neither evil nor good. I believe it was designed and equipped to move a person toward their innermost desire or wish. Of course, sometimes what a person wants is not always a good thing for them or others. The Dybbuk box moves towards understanding and exposing the truth at the smallest level. Its original acting out against its early owners and others was a way of continuing to move towards the ultimate goal of its creator. Those not willing to move it forward received stronger assaults from it until they let loose the box so it could find someone who would fulfill its destiny and accomplish the goal or task it was given. Now the journey and its work is finished. As long as the Dybbuk box remains contained with no one requesting anything more from it, it will stay in a neutral state. To me, that sounds a lot like the cube from the Hellraiser movies. Oh. You know, if you know what I'm talking about. I if any of you have seen any of the Hellraiser I mean, movies, like the, the, the puzzle cube with the puzzle box. But like I mean, that kind of reminded me a lot right? about that. Hmm. 
In 2011, Haxton published a book about his experiences called The Dybbuk Box, but since then he has refused to discuss or comment on the box. The story of the Dybbuk box was often discussed on internet forums and Reddit threads, and the story reached many more people in 2012 when Sam Raimi's movie, The Possession, was released. And that talked about the Dybbuk box. Okay. Then, in 2017, which was just last year, who do you think purchased the Dybbuk box? Take a guess. Zach Baggins. In 2017, it was revealed that Zach Baggins, <laughs> star of the show Ghost Adventures, purchased the box for a rumored large sum of money. And I read like tens of thousands of dollars. Well, and he has like a house that's yeah. supposed to be haunted, yes. like a museum. Yep. He bought the box for a rumored large sum of money, and the box will be located at his haunted museum in Las Vegas, along with other items such as an actual mummy, Peggy the doll, Michael Jackson's death chair, several clown paintings done by serial killer John Wayne Gacy, Ed Kevorkian's suicide van, and Ed Gein's cauldron. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. He's got quite the collection. I heard there was a movie or something he was shooting, too. Probably. According to Bagans, the Dybbuk box won't be on public display, but if you want to see it, you have to be over 18 years old and you have to sign a waiver. Hmm. When did you have to pay to see it, too, then? I, I was looking up stuff about his museum and it's uh, like $34 to get in and tour the oh, museum. It's not that bad. It sounds interesting, but a lot of people said it's not it's not a feel good. No. <laughs> you know, it's not a feel good experience. If you're experience, into that sort of but thing. But if you're into the dark That's serial killer haunted. That's like going to the Lizzie Borden house, yeah, you know? Yeah. I've read good reviews of it. People said they seem to really enjoy it. <laughs> but, you know. I'm not really into Vegas, but if I ever found myself there, I might go. If I was there, I would seriously go. You know, Ed Gein's cauldron is just kind of disturbing. You know, they, they said they believe that he cooked people in it. He's from Wisconsin, right? Yeah. 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 Ed Gein was interesting, yeah. to say the least. Didn't he wear people? Yeah. He skinned yeah. people and okay. wore, wore their, their skin. He had like a nipple necklace or something. He had something. a nipple <laughs> necklace. He had lampshades made out of human flesh. Lord. So, yeah. And you could go see his cauldron if you want to, I guess. Skeptics believe that the story of the Dybbuk box is just that, a story, and point to the fact that Kevin Manis, the original buyer of the box, is a writer and an aspiring screenwriter. Mm. So the question remains, is it just an old wine box wrapped up in a mysterious urban legend, or is the Dybbuk box an actual haunted or cursed artifact? And if it's just a box, then Zach Bagans threw away a lot of tens money. Tens of thousands of, of dollars money. on this thing. So huh, that leads us to the question, can objects be haunted? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I totally think so. In recent years, there has been a fascination with haunted objects. I mean, a house is an object. Exactly. And I'm, I'm, that's exactly okay. one of the quotes that I'm going to get to. Good call. <laughs> In recent years, there has been fascination with haunted objects. Along with Zach Bagans, paranormal researcher John Zaffis has a collection of supposedly haunted objects, as do Ed and Lorraine Warren with mm-hmm. one of the most famous haunted objects, the doll Annabelle. And the Zaffis, the, that a show. family he had, had that, a show. That show, yeah. yeah. In 2012, Zaffis said... A lot of times you have to remember it's energy we are dealing with. And energy can attach to absolutely anything. Glass, metal, stone, wood. And it will hold on to this energy. Understanding how an object becomes haunted is really no different to understanding how a building can be haunted. Both are cases of either residual or intelligent energy remaining after death. After all, what is a building if not simply a large object? Mm -hmm. Yep. So... 
you know, looking at if objects can be haunted, you can look at, you know, the people who owned it in the past and, and, and cherished the object and loved it. You can look at the situations that an object was used or around. I mean, if it was used to kill somebody or if it was there when some tragic thing happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, the areas where it was placed before you got it. Uh, the residual energy that it would just pick up over the years. You know, residual energy could be absorbed from nearby arguments, emotional disputes, performed rituals, blood and sweat from building the thing, or traumas. So there's a lot of potential energy linked with objects. I've often wondered, um, we did a lot of investigations at a place in Stoughton called yep. Elsing Secondhand Shop. Yes, I was going to discuss that. There's, you're you're going to find a lot of antique stores and yeah. secondhand stores that are haunted. That are haunted. And it's the the belief has always been though that Vicky's building, Vicky and Phil, that the building is haunted because of the past. It used to be a brothel, like yeah, a somebody was killed there. Someone was, yeah, was fell out there. of a window and died. But hundreds of thousands of objects have come through that building and maybe have been there for many years. And yeah. who knows what could be attached yeah. to any of those things? Yeah, I mean, you when you get up, and how do you narrow it down? That place is full of that's probably the thing. If you go to a secondhand things. store and you buy like this old vase or an old glass, you have no idea. You don't. What? What? I try not to think about has that. happened around <laughs> that object, or yeah. what that object has done, or what that object has meant to somebody. Right. You know. So it's interesting. I've I've really never thought about whether or not objects can be haunted. Part of me doesn't believe it. Okay, so I think there could be an energy. I think there's an energy. Is there anything that you had in your old apartment that you didn't bring with you to your new apartment? No. Okay. No. The old stuff in my old apartment, I think, was attached to the apartment. Attached to the apartment. Okay. Rather than me. Because that's or why an I'm, object in your apartment. Yeah, because that's why nothing has happened yeah. after I moved. But I brought everything. And everything there was was located around the bathroom. Yeah. You know, and I didn't bring the toilet or anything like that. But, you know, if somebody <laughs> died a little in weird. it. Somebody, yeah, I'm taking the toilet I'm taking with this me. toilet. I, I, I like just, this toilet. I've spent a lot of time here and I feel a little attached. So I, I think it's more something tied to the actual location. But like you said, I mean, a, a apartment is a object that the spirit is attached to. Yeah. You know, so it's not really a, a huge jump to think that an object, a smaller object could have something attached to it. Oh, I don't think so at all. So I, I, I think I, I've heard many stories over the years about objects that have yeah, attachments. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of them, but on the other hand, the thing is, if you want to sell something on eBay and crank up the price, you can <laughs> make up a haunted. story about how it's haunted. Yeah. There's, there's so many, I think crack.com had a, article called like hey, the, i found our new side gig yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> crack.com had articles called something like the six haunted items on ebay i'm most skeptical about so you can just see you can find so much sure. haunted stuff but if i have you know a cd i want to sell and i'll say oh sometimes a cd case opens and right there's something attached to it i can yeah. jack up the price a hundred bucks and somebody will buy it totally you know so it's it's just one of those things that you don't know if somebody's scamming you you don't know if somebody's being legitimate a lot of people don't think that a lot of people suspect that this dibbix box dibbix box story is is a hoax is a hoax hmm. A lot of people I say that thought even it though originated a long much longer time ago than 2000 or 2001 or yeah. whatever yeah but a lot of people think that the people that it was involved with actually knew each other. So this is something they concocted. Oh. But 
I don't know. And they said sometimes it's hard to find information about some of these people. But you and I saw it on Paranormal well, yeah, Witness that they talked to the actual people on Paranormal Witness. Yeah. So The thing is, though, you're only going to find information on people who want... People yeah. who are on social media and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. I th- I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a whole lot of details about me other than what I've put out there. Yeah. Yep. So I don't think that's a very good argument. But I don't think I have ever had... Especially when this started back at a time when the internet was still pretty exactly. new. Facebook exactly. didn't exist. Yeah, exactly. You know, when I think about when we talk about Vicky's, about Elsing's secondhand shop, I think about the EVP we got with the fur coat. Oh yeah, that's you know. Crazy. So was that something? And did we play that? No, we're gonna have a. We're gonna our tenth episode is going to be EVPs, and we're gonna play the the some EVP we got with the EVPs. fur coat. So it's like a, some, was something a, attached to that coat, to that coat? or was there? S- I think there was probably just something, just in an the energy shop. that was there in the shop. Yeah, you know. But I think it was the dowsing rods that led us back there, though. Yeah, but you think that every item that comes in there was somebody's item? Uh, totally. You know, and if somebody had an attachment to that item and they died, maybe they stayed attached to that object you feel like that place would be haunted as hell though i think it is haunted as hell i think that's one of the yes few places no. we've done that i can honestly say it's haunted it, that oh, there is haunted. stuff going on there but if that were the case and everything had an attachment or even half of the stuff yeah. there had an attachment it'd be like poltergeist when you open the bedroom door and stuff's <laughs> flying around the room exactly like <laughs> exactly so maybe only some items get haunted or it's the building i don't know and, you know, what can you really do with a haunted item? You could... Other than take stuff out of there one piece at a time. At a time. <laughs> You're never going to your know. Bring it to your place <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for a couple nights and see what happens. But you, you can try to cleanse an item or you can do saging. Mm-hmm. I've still never saged anything, so I don't really have any Smudging. Idea how smudging or saging works. Salt. You know, and then you get into the topic of cursed objects or blessed objects. And, you know, like for like cursed objects, you think of a voodoo doll. Mm-hmm. That's a cursed object. For blessed, you think of holy water. That's a blessed right, object. Yep. You know, is that the same thing as a haunted object? Are some of these haunted objects cursed objects? You know, a lot of people theorize that when people believe in the negative powers of a curse, then it becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy totally. where, you yeah. know, if I say your phone that you're taking with you tonight, I cursed. And now if something <laughs> bad happens to you it's tonight, it's because of the phone. Sure. So there's a lot of that. Uh, there are a few ways that an object can be cursed. Uh, evil spells. If you believe in magic and all that stuff. If you believe in magic. <laughs> Chris is busting out all these songs. <laughs> I like this. You know, there's dark spells, hexes, that kind of stuff. There's objects dedicated to evil spirits. You know, those kinds of things. Yeah. Items related to violence. You know, a lot of... Uh, there's a there's a huge market for serial killer memorabilia online. It's weird. Which is weird. But there's a lot of people that want... Why would you like, want to own that? I don't know. There's people that do. There's it's people. fascinating, but it's, I don't want it yeah. in my home. No, I'd like I to look at it. I'd see it. it and be like, hey, that's cool. Yeah, in a museum. Yeah. But I don't want to bring it home. What do you yeah. hang it on your wall and it's a conversation starter? <laughs> yeah, someone yeah, comes there's over. a lot of people. There's a lot of people that are into totally into crime scene souvenirs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So there's just there's a lot of ways that an object can be affected by its surroundings. So I don't know that the jury is still out with me. I don't know if I believe that it's a cool story it is a cool sure. story it is a cool story uh i haven't heard enough to discredit it but i also don't know that i've you know there's no proof that any yeah, of this is real yeah there's not a ton of proof you know like you there's said no proof <laughs> zach Bagans spent a ton of money yeah. on that box 
That's not proof. It's he's got not... a ton. You know, he's probably getting possessed every other day oh like he God, was on the show. That's true. I haven't watched that show in years. It was No, it's, but it's so, so Nick has a show with Katrina from oh, um, Paranormal Katrina. State. Yeah. And I swear, I've watched a couple episodes and I'm like, okay, Nick's getting possessed again. Like, <laughs> I've been on plenty of investigations and I've never been possessed. Where all of a sudden he gets this weird stare and it's like, oh, yeah. he is possessed. He looks evil. Yeah, he's possessed. But I thought, I think that show was a lot like Ghost Hunters where it started out with good intentions, but once mm-hmm. people got I still remember the, the taste of fame and... yeah. And we have to perpetuate. We have to perpetuate. This. We have to give proof. Mm-hmm. They start faking stuff, and mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what that that became too. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because I really liked the show at the start. I did. It was yeah, it was entertaining. Too. Totally. You know. I think there's another show called The Ghosts of Shepherdstown. Oh you, yeah, you talked about. I, I've never seen that. I purely watch it for the entertainment value. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that there's really anything going on and. It's just fun to watch. Yeah. It's like Paranormal Witness. It's fun to watch and text each other about how weird the people are and, you know, <laughs> how what girls Kurt thinks are cute and he has a crush on now. That's a lot of them. So Kurt and I used to watch Paranormal Witness at our respective homes yep. at the same time. We would just text each te- We'd DVR <laughs> we both, it. We'd both, we'd like, yeah, we'd right, both say, press play right, now. Press play. And then we'd watch it and text each other and be yep. like, OMG, did you see that? Yeah. I would, well, put, I would poop my creepy. pants. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That was really fun. Yeah. We haven't done that, but they, I think I don't even know if there's new episodes of that show. I don't know. I just feel like the paranormal bubble burst, and there's really not. Mm-hmm. It went. It kind of blew up, and it blew up, and then just kind of. Psh, I th- kind you of know, diminished. one of the episodes I remember the most from that show is the Dybbuk box. The Dybbuk episode, bo- the though. Dybbuk box one was good because it, yeah. it had such that chain of of people. You know, somebody mm-hmm. bought it, and then stuff happened to them. Just Next one person right bought another. it, something happened to them. So it was just really interesting. If it's true. Right. You know, and I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. The whole story about about it being, you know, like a spirit that potentially started World War II. I don't know. About you know, that. going back to, to Nazi Germany and mm-hmm. all that. I don't know. I mean, that seems There's like a story that Hitler, somebody, yeah, that somebody would, a screenwriter would try. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Hitler started all of that. Yeah. But, but it's a fascinating story. I, it is. What do you guys think? Do you guys, do you guys buy the story or do you think it's just a hoax or do you have experience with an object that had something attached to it i'd love to hear a personal account of something like that yeah you know that's like the story of the teddy bear from our listener submissions that melissa sent in that saw the teddy bear blink it blinked and didn't her daughter see it too I believe so. I can't really remember. I think so. I think she saw it and her daughter saw it. But I could see teddy bears and dolls being something that are creepy are haunted <laughs> oh, because haunted, yes. because kids you know kids they give them they give them personalities, personalities they give yep. them voices they give them like you said they give them personalities mm-hmm. you know they, they give them like life even though they don't so i could see that somehow causing some kind of energy to manifest mm-hmm. and there's a lot of dolls but dolls or, are, dolls are creepy like old dolls are creepy and i think totally i think a story about the doll being haunted adds to the the creep factor the creep factor or here's price a creepy if you theory sell it. maybe all kids who sit and talk to their stuffed animal maybe the stuffed animal really it's is very haunted possible. And it's, it's talking it's back so people say about uh kids with <laughs> imaginary imaginary friends. friends that maybe somebody is there you know talking to them so yeah 
You know, it's interesting. I, I have shopped in thrift stores for years and years and years. A lot of the stuff I decorate my house with, and I'm actually kind of minimalist, but everything that I have in my walls and stuff is all from thrift stores. Yeah. So it surprises me that, well, my husband did get scratched at our house. <laughs> See? See? <laughs> but it does surprise me that in all the years I've been doing that, I've never had an But I experience. can't imagine. I mean, like, what do you buy? I can't imagine something... Like you would hang on a wall I for Easter would be this, haunted. Oh, and I don't buy like decorations like that. I buy like, you know, old picture frames that I spray a color and then arrange them on the wall. I do have this old wooden thing that looks like a huge urn, but it's like this carved wooden thing. But I, I don't know. I just, stuff I've bought over the years, there's a ton of stuff in our basement that I've bought over the years that I just don't use anymore. I'm just surprised that if yeah. things have attachments, I've gotten them in a teen. Yeah. How many things have I bought from Vicky's? I know. I've never left like there empty-handed. If, if, if all those objects would be haunted, it would or be like... Or at least one of them. Yeah, it would be like poltergeist. I mean, there'd be so much. But I think that's why stuff happens at Vicky's partially. It could be the the property. It could be an could item be that has been there. It could be them. Yeah. I'm also yeah. very anti... Like, I'm not one of those paranormal investigator people that would love to buy a haunted house. I do not want to live <laughs> in a haunted house. So maybe <laughs> I repel things out of my house. It could, could be. I have a sort but of I don't a know. barrier. I would, like, I would like to find out how many antique stores or secondhand stores report. Paranormal activity. You know, like if Vicky didn't contact us because she was interested in it, nobody would have ever known. Right. You know. They would so, have brushed it off. Yeah. Or... It's, it's. I wonder how many people that own those kind of shops do brush it off. Right. And just they ignore don't it. Don't think of it. They, yeah. Or they don't notice it or they don't want to acknowledge it. Yeah. Exactly. It could be. So, yeah. So, what do you guys think? Yay or nay on the Dybbuk box. box. Yay or nay on haunted items. Can can objects be haunted and carry this with them regardless of who owns them? And if you have one, put it on eBay and Zach Bagans <laughs> will pay tens of thousands of dollars. For or you it. can send it to us. We won't pay tens of thousands of dollars, <laughs> but we'll put it here in the studio and <laughs> see. Yeah, because we think whatever is here was here at the school might be gone now because it has been yeah, it's very weird. quiet. It's, it's really weird because you and I used to get such a creeped out feeling in mm-hmm. here and now it's, it's nothing. nothing. It's totally absolutely nothing quiet and peaceful except for the kids screaming in the hall yeah which we're hoping that you guys can't hear because Throwing they're softballs at the building yeah, they're, they're <laughs> exceptionally loud tonight yeah but so, i think there's just been so many people coming and going from yeah. here that and i think that's why when in, in summer when it's just you and i that are coming here maybe yeah. that's why whatever's here ventures out and you know right now it's like hidden and it comes out when it's just you and i here it could be who knows we'll see this summer we'll find out we'll find out let us know what you think of the Dybbuk box. Would you want that in your house or not? Nope. No. I I'm I hate to say it, but I'm leaning towards hoax. I really I don't am. No, I, I don't see enough evidence or proof to go either way. I don't know. I feel like I'm getting more cynical doing all these. Yeah. I think I you know, because You're when I'm researching this Jeff. so many of the articles <laughs> are like, but but people who claim it's a hoax yeah. say so I'm just seeing so much stuff about Mm -hmm. that that i think i'm just kind of getting a little cynical about this stuff or skeptical yeah skeptical i prefer skeptical because you're still open cynical yeah but i mean i believe in in stuff being haunted i've had enough you know yeah we can't deny it i saw that old guy crawl out of my bathroom (laughs) you know how do you explain that (laughs) you can't no i've had enough stuff happen that i'm convinced there's stuff out there but i just think in the world we live in right now People are saying stuff is haunted for profit. Oh yeah, for fame, mm-hmm. for attention. There's just like that just, guy on Twitter with the little boy or whatever, whatever with whatever the sunken face. I have no idea. I've never. 
I never followed Dear David, it in the first it's called place. Dear David, Dear David, right? David. Yeah. We should probably follow up on we that. We should follow up on that. See what happens. You know. <laughs> if he's dead or something, that'd be crazy. No, there's so many of these things that are on Twitter and then it's just a guy saying, no, I was just experimenting with a different style of storytelling. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I think the world we're in, it's just, it's getting progressively harder to verify what the truth is, mm-hmm. whether something is legitimately, legitimately happening or... Well, there's even podcasts out there now that are fictional. The Black Tapes. Yeah. Tannis, Rabbit. Yeah. Like, yep. there's so many different ones. Yeah. Yeah, it goes back to that X-Files episode where, you know, the, the one with the Mandela effect where, you know, Mulder said he wanted the truth and the guy said, there's no truth anymore. Right. Everything everything is, is true. You know, so there's no truth. Ugh. You don't know what's true. You I don't, don't like know what's that. a lie. People make their own truth. True. I don't. I don't like that either, but I, I agree with it. I kind of get it. So yeah, that's a bit of a downer. But anyway, <laughs> should we do another question? We do have time for... Let's do it. Okay, we're going to do one more question off the app. Shake things up. The next question is, what is the best vampire movie ever? Oh, come on. Really? Yeah, that's... And, Twilight. And said, like, it's like Twilight, hands down. Oh, God. I'm I've kidding. never seen Twilight. Totally I've kidding. never seen Twilight. Totally kidding. The person said that we could save it for a vampire episode, but I don't know when we're going to get to a vampire episode, so we can just do it now. Yeah, I don't really believe in him, so I'm not sure I want to do a whole episode on him. Best vampire movie, though. Hmm. I thought Queen of the Damned was really good. I never saw it. It was good. Um, I mean, Interview with a Vampire or Interview with a Vampire Mandela Effect. That was pretty good. Is that what you're going to pick? I don't know. I feel like I'm probably forgetting a whole bunch because I wasn't prepared. Hold on. I'm Off the top of my head, I'm going to say the one, my favorite, it. my personal I don't know if it's the best but my personal favorite is The Lost Boys. Well, Dracula was amazing, too. Yeah. I'm lo- a huge Lost, Winona The Lost Rider. Boys is yeah, probably Boys my is favorite really vampire movie. But I have to say my favorite vampire anything is going to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because <laughs> I love sure. the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, that was a good show. Uh, Dracula, though, with Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves, that was good, too. <laughs> it was Nosferatu, okay. if you're into, like, the old school. Yeah, that was, that's that just creepy. creepy as hell. Yeah, it's creepy it as so hell. so creepy. Yeah, Part I don't of know. me feels like the vampire stuff got played. You know, it got played it out. It went through, like, with the goes, whole Twilight yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah. It but definitely got played out. I like The Lost Boys. Well, what about, like, um, one of those movies with Kate Beckinsale? She's Underworld? a vampire. Yeah, Underworld. Those are good movies. Those are okay. I don't think of that though, you know, because yeah. that's like hybrids and werewolves yeah. and. I'm going with Lost Boys. I really like that the is movie really Lost good. Boys. Good soundtrack too. Uh, but Corey Buffy Haim. the Vampire Slayer TV show, not the movie. I liked Vampire Diaries too. I will admit it. I didn't watch that. I'll admit it. <laughs> I ain't scared. So yeah, thank you for the question. Yeah, that was a good one. Now I'm going to be thinking more about the vampire stuff because I'm sure we're forgetting stuff. Well, I'm looking at a bunch right here. What was that from Dust Till Dawn? Was that Vampires? That's um, like a weird... That's Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, but it, wasn't that Vampires? I thought it was a terrible movie. Yeah, it is Vampires. And I thought it, it wasn't was... not Blade. Isn't Blade a vampire movie? Yeah. I don't think it was not terrible. I don't think Blade, it was, I don't think yeah. it was a, a great movie, but I don't think From Dust Till Dawn was terrible. I, I, I love Quentin Tarantino, and I do not like Wasn't? Did you ever see Let the Right One In? Yeah, that was a really good one. That was one. a vampire. Oh, yeah. That's I like saw an, the original. That's an I saw the original one. I did not see the remake, the American remake. I, but saw, I saw the remake and it was really good. I, the original was really good. Okay. Was it like a foreign film? Yeah. I thought that was good. I but didn't I'm, see. I wouldn't have even thought of that. I'm still going with Lost Boys. Lost Boys was good. Lost Boys was good. 100 best vampire movies. Oh, here we go. We got 
The Keep. That's 1983. Oh, God, there's so many. The Sweet Blood of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have to check Netflix for that. that one. <laughs> <laughs> the Satanic Rites of Dracula. Oh, the Lord. Sweet Blood of Jesus. <laughs> no, it was The Sweet Blood of Jesus. Not even The. Wow. Yeah, good stuff. That's, that's on my list for... I think if you're really into B-flicks, there's probably some dandies out there. Oh, yeah, there was a Blackula. Blackula. <laughs> right. Oh, the sweet blood of Jesus. Uh, isn't this, um, oh, what's his name? He played Ray Charles. What's his name? Jamie Foxx. This it's, looks it's, like it's Jamie Foxx. movie? No. It's a Spike Lee Movie the sweet from 2014. Blood, the Sweet Blood of Jesus. The Sweet Blood of Jesus. What began as uh, Spike Lee's woefully mishandled Kickstarter campaign <laughs> later unveiled itself to be a fascinating, if confounding, remake of the cult vampire classic Ganja and Hess. Wow, I feel woefully <laughs> we need um, to, misinformed. We need to have a Netflix night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. There's some lovelies here, though. Interesting. I'm sticking with my choices. I'm sticking with Lost too. Boys. Lost Boys was a kick-ass. Was, was it good. 80s? It was 80s. Totally it? 80s, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland was in there. Yeah, there were a lot of the people Corys, in that movie. Corey the Corys Corey were Feldman. in it, yeah. Did they have a squirt gun filled with holy water? Yeah. Yeah. At good movie. And good what's movie. her face? Um, the girl who was in that movie. I can't remember her name. I know who you're talking about, but really I can't think I'm of her name so either. so awesome with names tonight. Um, The mom. Oh, and the, the guy. Okay, so the guy who was like the lead... The old guy who was dating the mom, um, he was Richard Gilmore in the Gilmore Girls. Really? Yes. Uh, what is his name? Herman. Edward Herman. He played like the leader of the... Jason Patrick was in that movie. He was in, he was in Lost He's Boys. He a lot of movies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Jason Patrick, Corey Haim, Kiefer Sutherland, Jamie Gertz is the girl. Jamie Gertz Corey was Corey Feldman, Diane was West was the mom, I believe. Edward Herman was the kind of lead vampire that you don't discover until the very end. Alex Winter, Jameson Newlander, and Bernard Hughes, whoever those people are. But yeah, that was a really good movie. Good soundtrack. Uh, people are Strange. I, I think that was the first time I heard that song by The Doors. Was in that movie? Yep, I remember that was in that movie. It's such a good song. I remember Fright Night. Fright Night was vampires, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yep. See, we're forgetting all kinds of stuff. That's a good question. Still sticking with Lost Boys and Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show. Dracula, Lost Boys. I, I didn't think Dracula was that good. I thought it was kind of overrated. I just love Winona Ryder, so I'm just a fan, I guess. She was That's fair. gorgeous in that movie. That's fair. That's and fair. Gary Oldman is phenomenal, and he was in that movie. Maybe I'll have to He's see that He's an amazing again. actor. I'll have to see that in that uh, The Blood of Jesus. The Blood what, of Jesus. We're have to, well, or its original movie, Ganja and Hats. <laughs> we're gonna, we got a lot of movies on our list to watch. Yeah. They're sort of at the bottom of my list, but that's okay. We should watch them live and then podcast it. It could be like oh, Mystery Science funny. Theater 3000. Oh, man, I used to love that show. I tried watching it again and I can't do it. Really? Yeah. I don't find it nearly as funny as I did when I was in Whatever. my 20s. It's still one of the best shows ever. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> talking about ganja and hess. <laughs> yeah, so, that probably helped <laughs> when I was in my 20s. On that note, <laughs> thank, you, thank you for the question. Yeah. Uh, we're going to send us more because now I think we're down to, what, seven or eight questions left? Eh, math. So send us, send us more. 
good questions everybody's yeah. been asking too yeah they're really good stuff a variety yeah. i like it so that's it for this episode uh thank you for listening get back to us what you think about the dybbuk box or haunted items if you have any haunted items let us know and this is part one of our haunted objects episode there will be a follow-up with a whole list of a smorgasbord of haunted (laughs) objects if you will nice so from krista and i until next time stay stay strange. strange This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Knechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.